down to Mr. Dungeon. <laughs> yeah, um, Mr. Pete. Mr. Pete. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. <laughs> I don't want it. It's a real. It's a real. It's a real. It's a real. It's a real one. I don't use it, but it's that your vote, Pip? Down to dunk. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Standard Time, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or of course, anywhere you subscribe to your podcast, including now Spotify. Spotify. I am Luke. Joining me this morning are Andrew Pungus. Taylor. Hey, baby, hey, baby, hey, girls say, boys say, Pungus. And Jay. <laughs> Hello. What's up, dudes? Hey. We, we are. We might sound a little different because we are Skype potting. We're all in different locations. We're all in space. <laughs> Welcome to space, everyone. Uh, sorry if the uh, sound quality has not been uh, great this week. I've been out of town. Uh, that will be over next week. So back a little to spring, little spring break trip. That's right. Back to normal next week. Uh, the Thunder are currently forty three and thirty. They lost in embarrassing fashion to the Boston Celtics uh, two nights ago. They not cur- the worst, not the worst loss ever, but the most infuriating loss. Definitely the most worstest. <laughs> it was. It was not. It was a bad loss for sure. Uh, but the Thunder still sit at eighth in net rating in the NBA. They're eighth in defensive rating in the NBA, and they're tenth in offense. So they're a top ten in both offense and defense. Which sounds great. Uh, I thought that we could talk about the remaining schedule for the Thunder. They have nine games left. And here is the rundown. So tomorrow night, they play the Miami Heat at home. And then they play the Blazers on Sunday at home. Then they get the Spurs, Nuggets, Pelicans, Warriors, Rockets, Heat, Grizzlies. I mean, Taylor, going into that schedule, how are you feeling? Uh, very positive. I don't feel bad about this, but <laughs> I feel bad about the Boston loss, but that Raptors win was so convincing. I, I think it doesn't even matter. I think we're the finals team out of the West because <laughs> the Raptors, the finals the Raptors have been, go, go yeah, on. the Raptors are a historic team. <laughs> they are the best to come out of the East in, I don't know, 30 years. DeMar DeRozan, also true. The, the second best player in the East since uh let's see since Shaq was in the eastern conference uh he's probably better than lebron lebron just got lucky last night um so yeah i think it's thunder raptors raptors win in four jay any real takes yeah uh it it just depends like i think i think the thunder i don't say must win but it would be enormous if the Thunder won the next two. These two at home against Miami, you have rest. There's literally no excuse for them not to come out against Portland and just 
uh, play their best. I mean, they have the rest there at home. Like they should beat Miami and Portland back to back. That San Antonio one is uh, intriguing. I think the Thunder should win that one as well. Uh, I mean, obviously, if Kawhi miraculously comes back, and I don't want to get too far into the whole weird scenario, what's going on there, but I don't think he would come back this quickly. And if he did, he wouldn't be ready. Like, it wouldn't be that much of an impact if he came back by that. Uh, The Denver game, obviously, it's the second out of a back-to-back, but Denver's been awful. They've really struggled. They've lost some heartbreakers. And really, they're at the point where they're out. Like, I would be surprised if they made it, right? Yeah, oh, I yeah. Mean, There's no way they're making it. Which is really so you, bad. Really so that bad. means it's... So to you, it's kind of settling in where... So they're out, and are the Clippers out as well? I think so. I think... So it'll be I, those... I think the eight that are in are the ones that stay in. So just at this point, it's just seeding? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would uh, concur with that, I think. so. Well, in, in talking about seeding, for real, on these last 10 games that we have, how many games is it? Is it 10? Nine. 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 The only real, like, easy win is Memphis, is the last, te- is the last game. Everything else is like, uh, I mean, the Thunder could win, could lose every, <laughs> all of these games. They won't <laughs> lose all of these games. The way I said that is weird. I'm saying in each game, the Thunder could lose to the team that they are playing because the teams that they're playing are pretty good and can be good on any given night. The only two games I would say, though, that they're going to be probably the underdog, though, would be the game at home against Golden State. And that's depending on if Durant's back by then, if, you know, I I don't know if Clay Thompson's been playing or not. I don't pay attention to them. But and then obviously at Houston on April 7th, those are the two that I think they'll definitely be underdogs. Uh, maybe at New Orleans it'll be an even game, uh, but I think I think the Thunder have a chance in every game left. I think the Rockets would be a game I would say they probably will lose. The Nuggets on the second out of a back to back, although it's at home, which makes me feel a little more confident. And the Nuggets, like I said, haven't been playing really well. I think the Thunder can end. I mean, they can win. How many do we have left? Uh, nine. nine, nine. I think they can go six and three over that span, maybe. So that puts them at forty nine wins. Uh, make it seven I, I and two. Think, then I think they'll either win six or nine. Of, of course, yeah. Uh, here, here's yeah. what makes those Rockets and Warriors. Thank you, Luke. Good game, job, man. Games pretty interesting. Is that those could be rest games for both teams? Like it's basically the last week of the season, and a lot of these teams rest before the playoffs. They're locked into one and two. Like the Warriors at this point are not going to catch the Rockets, and so I just wonder. You know, to me, I wonder. Period. Are the Warriors just going to rest the rest of the season? You know, like if if Durant could, if it's a playoff game, like Durant could maybe play tonight. You know, but they're not worried about it. They're not worried about any of these guys, and they may have like one or two of their stars back, but they have so many injuries that they're they probably just need to rest and get these guys to a hundred percent, not worry about the rest of the season because it doesn't matter. Like Portland's not catching them. Oklahoma City's not catching them. And they're not going to catch Houston. And then Houston, like, they're in the number one seed, period. And let's see where the... I mean, the the Raptors aren't going to catch them. So, like, they're going to be the number one overall seed pretty much no matter what happens. And so I just wonder if those will be rest games for those teams. And so you may have... You may be playing, like, the B team for both of those teams. And those those games might be easier than these other teams that are fighting for playoff positioning still. 
like the teams that have that are fighting for playoff positioning is there's a ton of them like that the heat the blazers the spurs the nuggets if if the nuggets still have life by march 30th which i don't know if they will or not and i don't know if they'll tank or not even if they are like completely out of it like i don't i have no idea if they will pelicans are fighting for playoff positioning and then the heat again um so like those i think those will be hard fought games obviously the grizzlies just don't care uh, if you saw the score of the Hornets Grizzlies game tonight, you can like they're done, like they've been done, and it's over. Their season is completely over. Um, but I just wonder what those Warriors and Rockets games will actually look like because the Thunder obviously will be fighting for their playoff seeding, and those dudes have nothing. They have nothing to play for except for they just want to beat Russell. It's like that's about it. So I just, I just find those games kind of interesting in that way. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if Thunder won both of them just because they are pretty much meaningless games to both teams. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with that. I think that the the big ones are obviously the Portland. For me, the big three are the Portland, San Antonio, New Orleans games. Mm-hmm. Um, those are teams that are going to be in that range where they're fighting for playoff position. And so, I, I don't know. I mean, I think... <clears throat> I don't want to make too many projections because, you know, of our influence in the way the Thunder play when we project whether or not they win or lose. Uh, that's how important this podcast is to the team. So that's uh, very true. It's very, very true. But I don't know. I think I think the Thunder are set up pretty well. And now, once again, if it depends what team shows up. Um, you know, the funny thing about the Boston loss is like it was a game that they it was a game that they should have. Uh, <laughs> it's a game that they should have lost. They didn't play very well, and uh, it was a doggy. Yeah, they were awful. It was a game they did not play very well, but they ended up like it really was like, oh, they're going to win this game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, doggy again, and then they didn't. The first team <laughs> like eight hundred. What was it? Eight hundred wins or something like that. Eight hundred losses of teams that have tried to do what the Celtics did or something like that. Like nobody's ever done what they did with that little time being down as much as they were. Uh, I want to play a little game with you guys. Uh, since Corey Brewer has started the past seven games, uh, who has the best on off net rating Corey Brewer on the team? I'm going to guess Corey Brewer as well. Uh, did I win? I nope. said it before Luke. No, you're, you're both wrong. Uh, give me the oh, top. Man. Give me the top That's five. So surprising. Give, give me the top five. Russell Westbrook, number one. Russell Westbrook is number two at a 12.5. Steve is one. Steve is number three at 12. Is Carmelo number one? Melo is fourth at an 11.2. We're going to name them all. How about uh, Paul George? Paul George is fifth at a 4.8. What? Paul Who's G- one? You haven't, you haven't said his name yet. Oh, Raymond Felton. No, Ray is like no. Ray's bottom five. Uh, Alex Sabrinas. No, Alex Sabrinas is seventh at a negative Jeremy point one. Jeremy Grant is sixth. Terrence, Terrence Ferguson. Ferguson. Terrence Ferguson is so so bad. He is a minus twenty point six. Good. Uh, so it's two Pat. Two Pat. Nope. Two Pat is a minus nineteen point seven. <laughs> Come on, guys. Who's who's our plus, who's our plus minus guy this season? Nick Collison. Uh, no, Nick Collison is a <laughs> minus forty one point five. It's Josh Houston. Houston. 
with a minutes has he played during that time a plus 28 in the few minutes that he's played but they still count Corey brewer is right behind jeremy grant at a plus 0.7 we literally named the entire roster before you got to our guy josh which is exactly what the actual thunder organization does when they look at the roster like uh who should we play uh two pat uh terrence ferguson uh all these guys like then they finally get to josh that's just how it goes yeah yeah it's the ferguson being the first one off the bench is still just shocking every time it happens they love him man the whole organization loves him i don't know if you heard what steve had to say about him after practice how, how quick he learns they love him everybody loves him i've never experienced this that just the entire organization just collectively loves him and the and his talent and i said this i don't remember when i said it but they act like this kid is going to be a 10-time all-star like they really do it's crazy you know what the down to dunk organization collectively loves and the beers (laughs) that's true yeah, some beers, y'all. That's, I'm drinking one right now. Oh, really? And, uh, we've we've been highlighting OK Pills all month because of the weather's changing, and it is the type of beer that you need to get outside and drink. It's the perfect beer for just drinking beer. <laughs> hey, it's a German pilsner, <laughs> and uh, has ever have we? We've all had it, right? Oh yeah. Oh oh, plenty. Oh yeah. Oh oh. oh, oh. Oh, too many, probably. I've had too many. Well, guys, it is great. It is available at local liquor stores. Also available at the tap room, which, guys, if, if you're listening to us and you haven't been, you got to go. It really is cool. We talk about it all the time. It is uh, one of the coolest things about Anthem, their tap room. It's right where the magic happens, where they brew the beer. They get a little setup. They bring in food trucks. They bring in musical acts. Uh, it's a really cool scene. And, and the best part is that you got Anthem beers that you can get. And if you find one you love, you can get a growler, fill it up your favorite Anthem wow. beer, and take it home with you. Hey, hey, somebody asked us what our favorite beer is. I can't remember who, who, who it was from. It's a Twitter question. Why don't we just tell everyone our favorite Anthem beers? Mine in it. This is no joke. It really is the Anthem Pills. It's my favorite. I am a huge fan of their Ouroboros. It's a dark beer, and I I really, really, really like it. Jamon? I would say... So mine's a toss-up, so I love their IPA. I think it's a really good IPA, but I also like... A golden one is a really refreshing kind of anytime we want to drink a beer. But I would probably agree with Andrew in the fact that Pills is my... uh, and, and that's probably because I'm just kind of in a pills mood as far as my palate at these moments. But uh, OK Pills is really good. I end up I probably drink Golden One the most out of everything. I just it's a it's a really solid everyday anytime beer, and it's got a great alcohol percentage for all you dr- heavy drinkers out there. So we went to uh, Hall's Pizza Kitchen, uh, not their sponsors, but we went there on Friday night and uh, Saturday night and went up on top of their little patio, whatever. And they only have a few beers and most of them are local. Guess what? Almost everybody at my table ordered. Golden one. Golden one, man. It's the go-to. It's, it's good. It's it for- is a really delicious beer. It's a good springtime beer. 
guys very like slow. it girls like it i think girls like it equally to how guys like it which is very rare for a beer usually you have beers who like mostly girls like it or another beer mostly guys like it this is uh straight down the middle man it's perfect it's great <laughs> Such a gender neutral beer. Uh, okay, yeah. I, I want to. It's a very, it's a very 2000, 2018 beer. Very appropriate. It has, for 2018. The, it has the Taylor seal of approval. It also has the down to dunk seal of approval. Guys, the next time you watch the Thunder game, grab an Anthem beer and uh, drink it and uh, tweet at us at down to dunk. Let let us know that you're doing it. Yeah, somebody yeah. this week. Somebody this week went to the uh, the brewery and sent us a tweet telling us they went and finally did it. Or no, they just tried it. That's right. They just tried it. So let us know when you try it. We'll retweet what you send us. Yeah, they tried it and they loved it. Of course. All right, guys, let's move on to Twitter questions. Uh, yes, but real quick, I wanted to wait until after the commercial for this. So Luke told us that he would. He just popped a bottle of wine and poured a bunch of wine in the glass right before this. And he just told us that he's drinking a beer as well. So Luke, are you drinking I had the beer wine I, and a beer right now? I, in all in all honesty, I had the beer before the wine. Okay. Okay. So I just finished it. The wine's breathing. You know. Yeah, let it breathe. Wow. Um, all right. Poured it into a decanter. <laughs> That's right. It's the only way to drink. All right, guys. Our first Twitter question comes from at jsmoothp27. We were just talking about Joss Hustis, and he wants to know why does the organization hate Joss Hustis so why much? Why are you calling him Joss? Yeah, is it Josh? You call him Joss, Joss twice. According yeah. to, ba- to Basketball Reference, he helps us on both sides of the ball. T. Ferg is always the biggest negative on the floor, yet he took his spot in the rotation. Does Josh his attitude cause him to not play. Josh, Josh used to have an attitude problem. No, the answer is absolutely no. Like he, if you've, I've, I've been around Josh some this season. He is without a doubt. Like if you were to call anybody down to earth in that locker room, it's him. Like he's like the most, he's like an actual human being of like any of those guys. And it's definitely not an attitude problem. And I, I cannot see him giving that kind of attitude to anybody. So I don't want anyone to think like there's like an attitude adjustment that Josh Hustis needs so that he can play. Like it's not the, that's not the case at all. Like he is a great person, really easy to go along with kind of guy. And so I don't, I don't think that people should be thinking that or spreading that strange rumor. I don't know if anybody else thinks that, but um, that's not the case at all. I don't know why he doesn't play. I wish that I had a better answer for everybody as to why he doesn't. I agree he should play more. I agree that he should play over Ferguson. And if I were to guess come playoff time, he will have a bigger part in the rotation than Ferguson does if the Thunder plan on winning a series. like Because they, they will need him because he does help on both ends. Even though he hasn't shot the ball well, I get that. Um, but just his ability to he doesn't hit open threes but his ability to sit out there at three to at least give the illusion of spacing and then play good defense really does help you know what's funny about Houston is so we were talking we were texting back and forth during the Boston game and there was that moment where Jason Tatum was just doing whatever he wanted and they, they just kept throwing like 
Abrinas guard Tatum for like 15 minutes, it felt like. And uh, I was like, you know, it'd be really, really useful to have like a, I don't know, six, nine athletic wing that can defend pretty well. That's maybe sitting on your bench, maybe Josh Eustace. And then as soon as I sent the text, like two and a half minutes later, Josh Eustace subs in and he played really good defense on Tatum. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it just it's it's doesn't make any sense. And that's why I think this question is, you know, maybe it's an attitude problem because there's nothing else that really makes it make sense to us. Like it has to be something like Billy. He slided Billy at some point and we just didn't know it. You know, like they lost a poker game in the flight from one town to another or something, you know, and he hates Josh because of it or something. I can almost promise you that neither of those are the case. Yeah, I know, but you know that's what it feels like because it doesn't make any sense on another level. Like he, we've needed a guy on the, and it really works better on the bench. Like obviously those numbers that you talked about, even though it's kind of a small sample size, kind of speak to that. But but having a guy that can come in and defend well and can just kind of play his role, especially now with Corey Brewer doing what he does, like it makes sense for Josh to be one of the few or one of the first guys off the bench, in my opinion, just to help kind of continue the defensive intensity, sub him for Mello or sub him for, you know, but I know we can't sub him for Paul George because Paul George wants a whole first quarter, but there's a way to get Josh on the court more. And the Thunder just have no real desire to do that. So uh, something I'm noticing. So I've never looked up Josh's stats. I've really never looked at his stats that much, but he does pass the eye test. Usually um, and now I'm looking at his stats and man, these numbers are pretty harsh. Yeah, they're uh, not great. They're terrible. And for like a thousand minutes played basically, which is a good amount. It's a, it's a good amount of minutes. It's yeah. not nothing, but, uh, his PR is 5.4. His net rating is almost is negative 19 and, uh, his percentages are really bad. And so I wonder if he's just a guy who you watch and you're like, Oh, he's pretty good. But then if you really get into it, it's like, oh, he's he's really doing not doing a lot of things on the court that he should be doing. Yeah, I mean, the on off numbers don't lie with him, though, on the whole season. The defense is better when he's on the court and the offense is better when he's on the court, like for those thousand minutes. So like, is it, why doesn't it show in his stats, though, is the thing like why Like, why is his net rating negative 19 then? I mean, I wouldn't try. You can't really trust a lot of individual numbers when it comes to that kind of stuff. I think the 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 when you look at lineup data and you look at who he's playing with and stuff like that, I think those are more trustworthy numbers. And you also have to look at like when does Josh usually play? He plays against good teams typically, and when they play like Houston or they play Golden State or they play teams like that, who he that's when he's played the most. And so I just. I just have to have faith that Billy is going to actually play him in those moments and like the development of Ferguson will stop come playoff time. I don't know if I believe that, but I do think that that's the best thing for this team overall. Uh, but yeah, he, I, I, the has been a conundrum since the moment they drafted him. It was a weird spot to draft Josh Eustace. You probably could have bought a mid second round pick and still got him if you really wanted him. But they wanted to try some D-League experiment with him. And they did it. And then they didn't play him when they should have. And now they are pulling him back again when they should be playing him. Like, the whole thing is just weird. Like, the entire thing. So, I don't really have an explanation outside of, you know, anything you feel like they should do with Josh Eustace. They kind of do the opposite. Well, you know what we should do right now? 
move on to our next Twitter question. It comes from at Miguel Divella25, who wants to know, on a scale of Samaj being one, to Dion Waiters, a 10, how would you currently rate the Corey Brewer experience? Sounds like a band. <laughs> I think he's as close to Dion as possible. I, I, it's, a, it's a nine for me. I want this guy on the court. He's he's become like a fun guy to watch. He's constantly running the floor. He's constantly doing something. Uh, whether it's good or bad for the Thunder, he's doing it. And I kind of love every minute of it. And if you look at the five-man lineups with Corey Brewer, uh, they have a net rating of plus 11.3 for 100 possessions. In which that is better than Houston at a 10.4, which is still like really good. It's better than Abrinas at a 0.9. It's way better than Terrence Ferguson starting at the two at a negative 6.9. And then it's not quite as good as Robertson with the first unit, but it's not terribly far away from that. His net rating with the starters was a 14.2. Uh, he has been tremendous. He's He's been the savior of this Thunder team. And if the Thunder... And I said this the other night, and I and I kind of retract what I said. I said the Thunder win that game 99 times out of 100. I think they win it 999 times out of 1,000 against that Boston Celtics team. Ooh. And if they do win it, we're looking at Corey Brewer again as like the savior of the Thunder team. He missed five threes before he hit that corner three. That was just so huge. And he just continues to show up over and over and over again in moments that really matters and also i don't know if everybody saw this but the last two minute report for that raptors game showed that he did not foul demar Derozan, that it was a clean block and that was it so take that everybody Corey brewer savior of the thunder hey so let me saw the last the two minute report of the celtics game i don't want to talk about that i can't i just can't do that we got screwed yeah, but they don't. They're, I mean, you can't. If that you, is what it is. If you go back and actually look, so there's a tweet that somebody sent out about it. And when you really look at it, every single one of those things that says it went against the Thunder were really correct calls. They were just in the, like, you have to slow it down so much that it couldn't be seen by the referee at the time. So, like, you can't, I don't know. It's just, like, the most pointless thing. Like, the last two-minute report continues to be the most pointless thing in the world. Because if you look at that as a Thunder fan, you say, oh, well, we should get the win then, right? Nope. So then why are we doing this? Like, what is this? How does this benefit anybody? Transparency, Andrew. Transparency. Is oh, what that's true. It. So, it's how we trust the league. It's how we trust these refs, man. Who else is going to hold them accountable if they don't hold themselves accountable? Yeah, that's how it works. So one of the things about Corey Brewer I wanted to say is, so against Boston, he obviously didn't shoot well, but he does so many other things, like just the little things that you're like, even if he goes one for six from the three-point line, you still want him on the floor. Like that's what was so yeah great about him against Boston is, yeah, he wasn't shooting well, but really nobody was. You know how many open threes that the Thunder missed? Mello was awful until he hit those last two. Uh, Paul George was was pretty good, but but it seemed like they're missing a lot of those wide open threes, but one of the things that you do with Brewers, he just creates so much havoc on all ends of the court that it's something where you just kind of enjoy him being on the floor. Like, it makes sense for him to get the minutes he's getting, and it's weird. So here's my question, though, Andrew. Like, 
Did the Thunder try to sign him for some sort of minimum deal going into next year? Of course. I mean, Andre is not going to be ready to start the season. And I would not be shocked to see Houston go away. Like he's going to go play for somebody else or he'll play overseas or whatever kind of deal he can get. I would not be... Before Corey got here, I would say that the Thunder would keep Josh. Uh, but now I think that they'll bring jo- bring Corey back on a minimum or something slightly above the minimum uh, to OKC to start the season as their starting shooting guard. Uh, do their best to bring back Jeremy and Paul, obviously. I mean, Paul is like what everything hinges on. But I think that on the periphery, yeah, they try to bring him back. And, you know, he loves playing for Billy. And he's had, I mean, the most success that he's maybe ever had. If this continues, like if he continues, like his his numbers are just crazy right now. And they, they won't continue to be like this. I mean, I keep saying that, but they still have been okay. Um, but I just, I, I think that they do try to bring him back. Because I just don't know where else he goes that makes sense. And he's going to be a minimum level player. So I, I think that, yeah, I think it makes a ton of sense for him to rejoin this team. And then, you know, when Andre does get back, like they can slowly bring him back in. They're not going to be desperate to have him. And then, you know, Corey can slide back to the bench. And then you have a nice like defensive guy off the bench. So I think, I think it just makes a ton of sense, especially if this team is able to hold their core together at least for another year. It makes a ton of sense to bring him back. You know what else makes a ton of sense? Moving on to our next Twitter question. It comes from at Stephen Adams' son one, who wants to know, what is your favorite nickname you made up for a Thunder player? Fat Daddy Felton is so fun to scream at his TV. Mm. I have mine. Okay. Mine, uh, when Eric Maynor played for the Thunder, Mm -hmm. uh, I lived with Alex Spears, and there was some big game going on that we were watching together. And uh, someone, like, there was a lot going on, and... Um, somehow I ended up calling Eric Maynard Erpy Murmur and I've, and, I've called, and I've called him that ever since so my favorite is Eric Maynard Erpy Murmur uh, I used to call KD uh, I think I made this up the Junkyard Dog uh, did I make that up? I think I made this up I'm pretty sure I made up the junkyard dog for KD. And then when he had a big slam, I, I called it a rattlesnake jam. I made oh. that up. Wow. And uh, what else? Oh, when, when Thunder players would dunk on people, I'd say, put it on his head. I came up with that. Uh, I called Russ. Uh, <laughs> I call uh, Muscle Westbrook. Or every. Uh, have you guys heard the expression, uh, every day I'm rustling? I came up with that. I made that up. Uh, hey, I have one that you actually did make up that you're not bringing up. That was actually what? pretty good. What? A Taj Mahal's. Yes. Like Taj Mahal. Well, he's actually Taj Mahal's. I totally forgot about that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. I'm really proud of you. I was actually I was very excited when you told me that it, it it apparently had an impression on you, uh, made quite the impression uh, for you to bring that up. What else did I make up? Uh, I yeah. came up with um, big uh, big daddy perk. Now I made that up. I'm just kidding. 
Um, let's see what else did I do. <laughs> so there's a there's a ton of there's a ton I wish of I could mute you. Uh, I need I to figure out. Yes, we can move on to our next Twitter beard. question. If I gave you like. the nickname the beard. There's a ton ton of questions in there about our game watching experience, and so for me, I like. I still watch, and, and maybe I'm answering a question that we may get to, but it's one of those things like I don't watch it well. Like I sit on the couch by myself 99% of the time, uh, and I just kind of am constantly on edge, especially in games like the Boston game. You know, it's like, oh, God, they're going to do this, aren't they? They're, and it's like this total pain of money. I've never made up a name for anybody. Uh, I just hate a lot of guys at certain points during the game. That's kind of my go-to for the game yeah jay calls him mf or 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 sob okay well <laughs> it's true uh, you called out wow all right let's move on to our next twitter question i came it up comes with from the big the big kiwi big kiwi I, okay yeah. okay we're going on to our next twitter question it comes from at tyler beats one who wants to know what would happen if russ did what Kawhi is doing right now Oh man, it's a good it's a good question because our, I, our podcast would be no fun to listen to. I know that that's a hundred percent true. And like the media just loves Kawhi and the Spurs, and they get the benefit of the doubt. What is that sound? They get the benefit of the doubt almost every time for everything, and they've earned it. Certainly, they've earned it through the years. Um, but Russell Westbrook gets like zero benefit of the doubt, and I I know why he doesn't get it is because he's a big jerk to every single media member, and they all hate him, and that's why he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. And if he was doing this, he would be ridiculed. The organization would be ridiculed to the point that like there's like there would be such a heavy cloud over the Thunder season. That I, I mean, I I think they would have trouble making the playoffs. I don't think that they would. I think that it would be a complete disaster on so many ends if Russell just decided he wasn't going to talk to anybody and they say he's healthy and he doesn't play. I mean, it would just be an absolute catastrophe of a season. I mean, it just it would not float. And for some reason, the Spurs get to kind of skate by uh, like they have been, and they continue to win and. You know that's obviously a huge reason why a lot of this has can be swept under the rug is that you know they continue to win. But if this was Russell, I mean, it would just be a catastrophe. Uh, yeah. So speaking on that, um, how players treat the media. Now, I'm not trying to be a Demar troll right now. This is a real thing, a real question I want to ask: Is Demar getting this love because he is a media darling? Wow, I cannot believe you just turned a Thunder question into a DeMar DeRozan question. <laughs> wow. I thought I had. Listen, you can't say anything. You and Mikey made that pre-Raptors podcast about how good the Raptors and DeMar, how DeMar's better than Paul George, so don't even give it to me. Uh, Is Paul we... George a media darling? Paul George? Sorry, Paul George is not. Uh, is DeMar a media darling? Is this why everyone's writing their pieces about DeMar? It's not why they are, but he he is certainly a media darling. Yeah, he's a good, he's a nice person to everyone, which helps. And that's funny. Are, are we about to give him grief for being a nice person? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Screw that guy. Like no, Russ it's more being crappy to everybody sucks. Well, yeah, but like now that now that changes how 
um, we how the nation views him as a basketball player, though. That's the thing is like if he's mean to media people, then his opinion, um, the opinion of like the nation toward him is more negative when like maybe it shouldn't be that way. That's not fair. I think that you're putting way too much stock into all of this. No, man, we get the we get our info from uh, the media unless you actually take time to look into it. <laughs> okay, uh, DeMar- I, think, I think the wild thing about the Spurs and Kawhi and all that stuff is that the like the media trusts them so much that they like ignored the wa- the Woj bomb. Like Adrian Wojnarowski is never wrong. And he had this thing that they had that players only meeting where like they're having all these problems. And then the players say something like, no, that's not what happened. And I was like, oh, that's not what happened. When that's yeah. plainly in my eye, my eyes, I think exactly what happened. What do you guys think about that? That could be the case. I mean, that really could be that the Spurs don't want that kind of fire on them. And, that, you know, Danny Green, like retweeted, quote, retweeted and said, that's not what happened. And I think that we tend to no, th- is never wrong. And if it was another in my, team, in my mind. If it was another team, we would all be like, oh, yeah, right. Of course, a teammate's going to, like, try to not make it a big deal, but it probably happened. But yeah, with the yeah. Spurs, it's like, oh, well, yeah, Danny Green, good guy, media darling. It's a good point. Like, what if this was the Cavaliers? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Madhouse. I mean, it would be yeah. it would be crazy. I mean, just like the Ty Lue stuff. And I know that it didn't, like, go crazy, but, like still like the first like the tyloo stuff just like blew up like crazy and it's like oh yeah. like because he's very sick you know it's like oh okay like i get that yeah. but and he was gonna be gone for a week Kawhi yeah. has been like nothing for uh, how long now five months the yeah. whole season pretty much yeah so if if this kind of thing happened that was happening to quite happened to Russell Westbrook, DeMar DeRozan would still get media praise. That's the answer. Next question. That's true. Yes. All right. Yes. Our next Twitter question comes from at JT Blount two. So guys, close your eyes and imagine the situation. I do think it's I do think it's JT Blunt, by the way. There's an N in there. There's, there's a U in there. It's Blount. There's okay. an O in there. I think it is blunt, though. Hey, uh, so look, guys, yes. Look at Skype because I'm closing my eyes. Okay, close your eyes and imagine. After we win the finals this year with Corey Brewer as our leading scorer in the playoffs, oh my is there a competition for the starting spot next year when Robertson comes back? Or does Corey just settle into the old Harden role as sixth man of the year? <laughs> Hashtag sarcasm. Oh, he's sarcastic. And. I guess it's a decent, like, maybe something we could spend two minutes on that when Robertson comes back, is he a better fit with the starters? And the answer is no, but uh, you could see why maybe he could be. Like, he hits his free throws. He's been shooting 38% from three so far this season, and he plays competent defense, and he runs the court. He makes Russell play faster and... You know, I mean, like, all those are very good things. But when it comes down to it, the Thunder were in elite defense with Robertson. And I I don't see Robertson. I, th- I can see Corey as being a guy off the bench that can come in, bring a ton of energy, and kind of change a game. Uh, Robertson's not going to be a guy that's going to come and change the game off the bench because he can't contribute very much on offense. And so I don't, 
I don't see there being actual competition for the two guard spot, but I I know he's being sarcastic, but I think it actually is a decent question, like overall. Yeah, and you're talking about Donovan, who loved Robertson, but Corey Brewer's his guy, and uh, you know, there's the nickname going around with Corey Brewer, the drunken dribbler. Uh, I'm pretty sure I came up with that one, but I definitely came up with Greyhound. The nickname Greyhound for Corey Brewer, I came up with that one. And Backwards Head Man, I made that one up. And, and also Sweet Melons. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. up with that. I All right, guys, let's move up. on. So hold on, hold on, next. hold on. I actually wanted to say something. Uh, I mean, so think about a lineup with Ray Felton and Corey Brewer running your second unit. Oh, that's man. kind of that. That's kind of fun. It's kind of fun and also kind of terrifying. I mean, probably more on the side of terrifying. Ray Felton, I said this earlier in the season, and it continues to be my thought, drives me insane as a backup. Dude has the most confidence for a guy that shouldn't have it of any player in the NBA. I mean, Jay, are you not down with the sickness, though? I am down with the sickness when it comes to Ray Felton. I am so in. And the drunken dribbler, oh, come on. Yeah, they're definitely lovable characters, but Felton makes the most garbage shots, and it's just hilarious. Like it's very, he's like very much like a a smaller Tubby or Dion. You know, he's he's got <laughs> yes. he's got like so many Dion qualities, and that's why I love him, and that's why he's on the Thunder right now is because he is very Dion esque. He's like a more point guard ish Dion, and it's wonderful. His uh, facial expressions are like very uh, uh, old guy-ish. Raymond Felton, he's not like a normal facial expression guy. Like he makes, like he licks his lips a lot and he makes kind of like Popeye faces, like a very old man. Oh, Uh, it's pretty cool. Oh, uh, I do remember it was the Wizards game. He jumped up and down over and over again to get a heat check in that game which is like a very Dion thing to do. And I got to ask him about it after the game and he just bragged about it after I asked him about it. And so like he, he really is like the, the elder statesman Dion. That's my nickname for Felton elder statesman Dion. Oh, I came up with that one. I'm glad you remembered that. Yeah. I came up with elder statesman uh, Dion and then Andrew's been using it lately. Taylor, you've actually come up with nicknames for the three of us that you actually use that I'm surprised you haven't talked about. That's true. Do you want to know about Boobtown USA? Do you want to talk about that now? This is your chance. Yeah. Uh, I called Jay Josh Smith because he plays like Josh Smith and his last name is Smith. Oh, yeah. Your name is Josh Smith in my phone. Um, I call – what else? I call Andrew Boobtown USA. Uh, It's a long story. It's really not – now I call him boobs for short. Uh, I call him boobs man sometimes. Uh, Can you Luke, put, I call hey, him, you've got to you've got to explain it. Uh, we don't have time. Luke, <laughs> I call him wow. We don't have to. We got to get on with this podcast, dude. I'm I'm concerned about time for us. Uh, Luke, I call him Bo. Uh, so I'm in my phone, he's Bo. Uh, I don't know what else. Sometimes I just call you guys things. That's all. All right. Let's move on to our next Twitter question. It comes from at DPuzzle23. He wants to know, do we have any pregame rituals you do before either you watch the game on TV or before you go to the game? 
uh, mine is typically complete and utter chaos and no actual ritual at all. Like usually, like if I'm watching it at home, that's like the same time I'm trying to get my kids to bed. (laughs) And so it's like just utter chaos trying to like keep track of the game and make sure my kids are getting into bed and that I'm being a helpful husband. So it's like not, it's, it's not great. And then going to the game too, it's actually going to the game, like getting there is, is is much less chaotic because like you get to go to the game early you talk to billy and then like you get to eat dinner with all the media guys and then like you get to go to the game so i can be more focused then but that's my typical viewing options when i got to uh when i got closer to uh, like playoffs and stuff i have certain clothes i wear that's about the closest i have like if they get in a, if the Thunder win and a shirt that I'm wearing or shorts, and I, that's the only time I really wear Thunder gear anymore. I realized uh, that's when I'll start kind of like going back into some sort of routine. But other than that, not really. Mm. Taylor, what about you? Taylor? You and Luke are the only two that go to games that aren't part of the media, really. Yeah, I usually uh, get pretty wasted. And then uh, head on. Oh, yeah, man. I wish JK, I had, I'm just kidding. I wish I had a mute button I really tonight. I really don't. I really don't. But um, no, I don't do I don't do anything uh, weird like that. You weirdos. <laughs> Luke, you do anything weird. You weirdo. Uh, uh, no, I, I, I just uh, if I'm by myself, I'm probably having, uh, you know, some beers or a bottle of wine. <laughs> And if I'm uh, with someone else, I'm probably drinking or in some capacity, you know? <laughs> that wasn't oh. a joke. That Mine was a joke. That one was not a joke. Wow. <laughs> gotcha. No, mine was a joke, too. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm here. Okay, our next Twitter question comes from Matt Tyler Beats one who wants to know, can you dribble better than Corey Brewer? My answer is no. <laughs> I get where these questions come from, but it's always the needed reminder that I have where like the worst player in the history of the NBA is 17 times better than I ever was. But the answer is yes. But yes, I can can dribble better than Corey Brewer. There's no way you can dribble better than Corey Brewer. Anybody, any of us, anybody we play basketball with, I'm going to say it. I do want to bring this up. So Corey Brewer is measured at six feet nine inches tall. Do you believe that that's? <laughs> do you believe that that's true? Nice. Yeah. He's also listed at my weight at six foot, which is one eighty six. Wow. I mean, six yeah. nine, one eighty six. There's no yes. way. Okay. Wait. Wait. So tell me. Okay. So do you think he's taller than Carmelo Anthony? Yes. No. 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 You think he's taller than Jeremy Grant? No. No. He's listed as taller than Jeremy Grant. He's also listed as the exact same height as Patrick Patterson and Paul George. I don't believe that. I believe it. I saw him in Whole Foods the other day, guys. Did I tell you this? No, obviously. <laughs> oh. Well, uh, I actually saw Nikki K. I was there with a friend, saw Nikki K, talked to Nikki K, went around shopping, saw Corey Brewer. And we, I was, and he was tall. He was way taller than I was expecting. That's for sure. And uh, and then I saw Nikki K come up, like in the same area. 
And I said to my friend, oh, watch this. She's going to see him, and then they're going to go talk. Literally, like three seconds later, she said, oh, and went over and talked, and her and Corey had a very nice uh, conversation. I wonder what they talked about. And you just stood there watching their whole conversation. I said, wow, cute baby, Corey, because he had his little baby there. I said, Corey, cute baby. That was a weird, <laughs> weird voice. Um, said, oh, you're the little drunken dribbling baby dribble. You dribble your spittle out of your mouth, little baby. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> uh, I just don't believe that he's that tall. I've st- I stood next to him several times and I just don't, I still don't believe that he's taller than any of those guys. Here's a fun fact about the Thunder there are only three guys on the team that are shorter than 6'7. Three. That's what? it. That's it. Can you name the three? Uh, yes. Luke. Oh, no. Okay. Luke is the only one that can name the three. <laughs> okay. One. Raven Felton. That's one. Wrong. He's 6'10. He's taller than Corey Brewer. Okay. <laughs> Two. Alex Abrinas. Two is correct. Come on. And number three is. Shorter than who? Oh, my Shorter God. than six foot seven inches. Okay, then the uh, this other one is, oh my God, Russ. Yes, yeah. good, good job, job Luke. Did wow, I, did I win? Yeah, I, mean, I feel so. I feel so good. That that includes their ten day guys. Everyone else is six seven or taller. I knew it. According to Basketball Reference, isn't that kind of interesting? That's kind of yeah. interesting. Oh, man. Sounds to me like they're doing a really bad job of uh, building a Warriors roster. All right, guys. Let's move on to our last Twitter question. (laughs) It comes from Philip underscore in key. He wants to know, would you rather win the Western Conference Finals beating the Warriors or magically have all the Storm Chasers completely disappear? Wow. I mean, obviously, it's option number one. Uh, Obviously. Okay. Here's the thing. But how about this? I'll change it a little bit. If they win... That each storm chaser is cloned. There's two of them, and they're twice their size. <laughs> the stakes is high. Oh, okay, okay. I'm so gonna... they're all now like you know, tw- ten and twelve feet tall, doing the exact same thing, and there's twice as many of them. Okay, here I'm going to see your doubling and doubling the size, and I'm going to raise you a only the guy with the long blonde hair is cloned but he's cloned 30 times and he's double the size all over the arena go i would have i would have to have them disappear at that point it would be so distracting so distracting he he's he would be everywhere at all times he would keep people from viewing the game yeah if he was in front of you like trying to get you to clap for free throws like you couldn't see the game yeah. Guys, he'd have to he'd have to be dropped in through the ceiling, through the roof, and then he'd have to live inside the stadium. No, he's he, he's no he he just crawls in to the door the doorways. There's no way he can there, fit through door. He's no, three no. foot Plus, tall. There there oh, are there are doors. He's cloned, he's cloned thirty times. There's thirty of him, and they're all ten feet tall. And I love that we're talking logistics of it. 
<laughs> okay. So tell me, what's the, what do you think the width of this guy would be? Yeah. What's the girth? Oh, what's, twice as twice as wide. What's the girth of oh, this at man? At least at least five feet wide. <laughs> Ten feet tall, five oh, yeah. feet wide. That's true. That's a wide person. I mean, it would be actually they could do it because the pants he wears would still fit. That's true. <laughs> That's a hundred percent true. I feel like you set this whole thing up for that one punchline. It was good. Yeah, it was I worth it. I had no, this is off the top of the old brain. That was a good job. Hey guys, before my last question, I want to talk to you guys about Oklahoma Shirt Company, our uh, sponsor and our good friends. They, <laughs> I'm looking at a shirt right now that I had on screen print for me for the business I worked for and guess what they did great oh very nice and uh, and if you guys need anything for them to custom print whether it be a t-shirt a hat some stickers a magnet they can do it all <laughs> that's so true uh, our good friend on Twitter Bangelope recommended them to one of her friends is that something that's that true. you should do too if you hear of a yes. maybe your church or your school or your organization or maybe it's a club you should recommend Oklahoma Shirt Company. Absolutely. And we also have to shout out their Shirt of the Month Club. $10 a month gets you an Oklahoma-themed T-shirt every month. And just for signing up, you get another shirt just for initially signing up. So uh, if you ever have come to our live podcast, I'm sure you've seen one of us wearing them. I wouldn't be surprised if one of us was wearing one of them right now. They're great. Is anyone is anyone wearing one? That's why I go. That's why I go. Andrew goes. Oh, I'm wearing one. Oh, I'm wearing one. <laughs> I knew it. Liar. <laughs> All right, but they really are great, and uh, support the people that support us, and they support us, and they. Uh, if you're wearing, if you have one of our down to dunk t-shirts, you're already wearing an Oklahoma Shirt Company shirt, and you didn't even know it. Gotcha. All right, guys. I got a final question for you, and it is this: Are you miffed? And are you paved? Oh my gosh, guys, I wasn't recording. There's no way that's true. Andrew. It's not true, but it would be super miffed if it was true. (laughs) Oh man. man. I would have murdered you. (laughs) Jay. Because you made such a big deal about me talking and how and before the podcast (laughs) that you were recording all that. For you not to be recording, we gave you so much grief. I would be so mad. <laughs> uh, so, I got super miffed today. Oh, all this all started out. I don't ever have these. So it's spring break, and so I was trying to, you know, just be a good dad. And so we stayed in with my son. Like we didn't go anywhere. And so, oh, staycation. Just, yeah, a little staycation. But we oh, tried to nice. do something. So I took today off. Thanks, man. And uh, <laughs> thank you. I took today off, and and we were hanging out with one of his buddies, and me and so we went down to the myriad gardens park and walked outside and you know it's fun like that's kind of a cool little area to run around it's beautiful this morning and uh so we it's about 12 15 12 30 and i was in this weird limbo i had to go pick up my dog my dog was at the groomers so i had to go pick him up because it should have been done by now i drove all the way out there it's so freaking far away drove out to the groomers and they weren't ready like 35 minutes before my dog would be ready. And so I'm in this limbo of like, I have to drive. So I drove all the way back home, got them situated at the movie and then got a text that said, Hey, your dog's ready. Uh, remember that we close at four o'clock. So I couldn't like put it off going back to get him. And so I had to freaking get back in my car 
and drive 30 minutes back across town to the freaking groomers. I was so miffed. And so Four funny. o'clock? That is messed up. Jay, why, right, you, why, are you, why are you grooming so far away? Well, they're just, they're like literally like the best in the city. So, Wait, is it doggy dudes? I'm not going to tell you what they are. Because yeah, after just crapping on them, what company is this? More like doggy don'ts. Oh, that's right. It's not doggy dues. No, doggy dues stays open. I I think uh, you should use doggy dues, Jay. No. Okay. No. <laughs> nope. Well, all right. Oh, uh, breaking news! That's a part of Mipton Peeve. The, with the win against the Los Angeles Lakers tonight, the New Orleans Pelicans have moved into fourth place in the Western Conference over the Oklahoma City Thunder, that are now fifth. Yeah, they wow. won all all three of those back to back to backs. Isn't that crazy? They're all three against really crappy teams, but yeah, it is still, still pretty crazy. And they were down big heading into the fourth quarter against the Lakers. They, they've got some resilience. That would be a great matchup. Like, keep winning, Pelicans. Let's do this. Let's get that 4-5 matchup locked up. So That would, that would be so their, great. Here's their next four. Is uh, against the Rockets. Ooh. Against, against the Trailblazers. Against, against the Cavs. And then against mm-hmm. the Thunder. That Thunder game is so so important. Yeah, it's uh, on Easter Easter evening. Wow, uh, and the wow. Ca- and the Cavs kind of suck. Yeah, I know. Except for they beat the Raptors. Yeah. Oh my God, I lost it when I saw that this morning. Yeah, the Raptors are pretenders. Dude, that was so. Fu- I actually gave them props in our text. I said, "Wow, they're." Uh, well, really, I gave them props by dissing Cleveland by saying mm-hmm. Cleveland's defense is so bad. The Raptors dropped seventy nine on them in the half, and the Cavs won that game. Mm-hmm. Oh, Andrew, my- you, Andrew, are you miffed or peeved? No, man, I'm on vacation. He's on vacation. He can't be miffed. He's Jaden Bede. I'm sitting out, sitting out here. I can hear the ocean, and I'm sitting outside. It's wonderful. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm outside. I'm looking out into the darkness of the ocean, the most mysterious place on earth. It's great. Yeah, very. It's true. I'm I'm myth about something real. Oh, what? I was driving down the highway yesterday. Heard a bunch of sand go under my car. It wasn't sand because all of a sudden, sand. My, yeah, I thought I heard like like you know if a semi is in front of you and it like has sand okay, and you can yeah, hear yeah. the sand. That's what mm-hmm. I thought was happening. Turns out it wasn't sand. My engine shut off. No. So I, I I'm in, basically basically it's like putting my car in neutral going 75 down the highway. My steering wheel locks up. You know like when you don't have like power the engine on dead. your steering it's wheel gone. it's like yeah, you have to like really turn it. So I'm like kind of freaking out and uh, I pull off to the side of the road and I'm on the shoulder of the highway and have to wait for AAA to come get me. And then uh, I, this AAA driver came and we talked about poisonous snakes and spiders for like 40 minutes as he drove me to the auto uh, repair shop. Wow. So don't know what's wrong with it. Fix or repair daily. Am I right? What? Ford. <laughs> Thanks for, oh, listening. Right. Oh, Thanks for listening to our podcast. <laughs> Good one. Never heard that one. Totally agree. Can relate. <laughs>